Anyway, fucking here's a, a new episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. Hooray! Uh, I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Lizzie. Ah, we're back on Skype. We're back on the uh, internet. And, um, back yeah, on our bullshit. Back on our bullshit. Uh, we have a bit of a crazy week this week, so this is uh, going to be a quick episode. But uh, at the end of this, you're going to hear an interview that Lizzie did recently. Uh, Lizzie, do you want to talk a bit about that? Sure. So for one of my class projects, actually, um, we had to go out and basically do a video project in an article plus photos. So what we ended up doing was focusing on bands that either toured and also had a member or all of them went to school or they were in a band and went to school. And it came down to the fact that a lot of people messaged and said, hey, I used to be in school three years ago, but I'm still in a band. I'm like, that is just not what I'm looking for, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. But we came across this um, really cool band, The Weekend Run Club. I know that they've done a few shows like Out of Context, so I was familiar with the name. And their guitarist actually goes to my undergrad, and I can never get away from my undergrad, no matter what I fucking do, I swear to God. Them. And we ended up interviewing him and interviewing them. So for my project, we actually only did a kind of like an expose thing on him. But for here, for the podcast, we are we made it into like a band <laughs> interview. So mm-hmm. it'll have a little bit more of everyone else into it too. And right now I'm trying to figure out how to either do like an Adobe Spark or if I'm going to do it on my personal side, or however I'm going to post the photos, because I'm going to have a little bit, um, those more edited a little bit nicer, not just very basic lighting and everything like that. And then also have a mini article to go with it, and we'll link to that in the bio, too, for you guys to check it out. out. And then check them out, too. They are also going to be playing a show at Chop Shop on April 5th, opening for Marina City and playing with Emily Blue. So that oh, should yeah. be a really rad show. Yeah. Marina City is real rad. They are really rad. They, I yeah. saw, I just saw them recently open up for Coin at a KQX queued up show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did yeah. a really good cover of Justin Timberlake. I was very impressed. <laughs> I was they... really shocked. Sure. Like, is this JT right now? <laughs> <laughs> they have been hustling in Chicago for so long, and they deserve any success that they get. Literally, I interviewed them. I interviewed them a few years ago for my college radio station. They are like some of the nicest people. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that'll be at the end of the episode. So stick around. It's gonna be a short episode this week, anyway. So it's not like you have to. Yeah, we're all really busy. I'm coming off of finals. Brian has to go do band practice. He's dying too. Yeah, I've been sick all week. Um, and I got a bunch of stuff. And uh, if you listen to the episode from last week, uh. Megan Rhodes and her uh, dance company, Dance Society. Sorry, she'll get so mad at me. Uh, <laughs> their show is tonight, uh, their second show, last show. Uh, so check out Peckish Rhodes uh, on the internet. Um, yeah, and go to that show. Don't fuck up. <laughs> um, so we wanted to get into a couple of things that happened this week in emo news. 
Uh, mostly this is another uh, tour announcement thing because we talked a bit about this a couple weeks ago, so we wanted to follow yeah. up on it. Uh, Lollapalooza announced their full lineup today. Uh, recording this on Wednesday, so they announced it on Wednesday. Um, and honestly... It's a pretty solid lineup. This is like the first year in a while that I've been like, I might actually want to go to Lollapalooza. Um, if you haven't seen it, we'll give you just a just a quick rundown here of some of the headliners and some of the bands that uh, I know I'm excited about. Uh, Ariana Grande, Childish Gambino, 21 Pilots, and The Strokes are headlining. Uh, is it Tame You Impala? also missed Tame Impala, Flume, Chainsmokers, oh, yeah. and J Balvin are also uh, headlining. I look. I'm, I'm like only taking the first line because I'm like they know, and also like fucking, you know, they're the you bigger sure? acts on top. Well, can we also talk about the disrespect to the fact that Casey Musgraves is a third line person? She's not technically a headliner or even a secondary headliner. I'm I'm uh, personally very offended for her. Are you not offended for Janelle Monet or Little Wayne? I am offended for, for her too. I'm also. Like, I'm really offended that people are saying that we need to appreciate Lil Wayne more over everyone else that who is, is primarily is this top headliner. Yeah. And I really need that, that disrespect <laughs> to stop. Oh, my God. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Lil Wayne, whatever. But uh, Janelle Monet, uh probably should be up there. Um, I don't personally know anything by J Balvin. So that's... I don't know who he is. Nope. Uh, so it's crazy to me that he's a headliner. But of course, you know... Uh, as you uh, pointed out on Twitter earlier, uh, when somebody said that it is a very diverse lineup, uh, which I think is good. Um, there's a lot of yeah, it's great that all it's diverse. Last year was pretty diverse too. Yeah, I I like that, and um, I <clears throat> I am fine with the fact that it's probably somebody I don't know in my experience, but that doesn't mean that a lot of people in other uh, groups don't know them. Uh, Focusing more on the emo end, uh, we have I'm I'm putting Death Cab for Cutie in emo. Yeah, no, they are. Yeah, Whether they uh, want that Ben, you know, Ben Gibbards wants to acknowledge it or not, they're fucking emo. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we've got Bring Me the Horizon, uh, which I'm. Can you imagine like about. waiting for like Ariana Grande or somebody, and then Bring Me the Horizon just opens up a fucking wall of death doing oh metalcore? Yeah, I want to see. That. How that crowd is just for the shits and giggles. <laughs> I could get all into that. Um, Against the Current is a uh, Fuel by Ramen uh, band. I put them actually on a um, a playlist of uh, bands that have females in it for uh, for whatever reason. I made a playlist for like celebrating bands with women in it, and uh, Against the Current is actually really good. Like I really dug their music. Um, yeah, we have, look- my college radio station undergrad like premiered one of their songs, and I had to hear it on repeat for three months straight. So every time <laughs> I hear it, I kind of die. But that's beside the point. Yeah, I, I dig it. Um, there's some a lot of emo hip hop on it. I see. There's NF. Um, there's Hobo Johnson and the Love Makers. Nothing Nowhere's on there. Uh, Joji is also on there too. Who is? Local Chicago emo. Argue, arguably emo, but more in the indie scene, but she writes the emo sad songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Saba, also Chicago local uh, hip-hop. Uh, more on the sad end from what I've heard anyway. I don't know if maybe he has less sad songs that I haven't heard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, it is, like, super diverse. Um, 
I am actually into it. Uh, fucking okay, Chevelle is on there, and I'm like, don't you Can try to like hide Chevelle from me? There? Like that's Who awesome. Who felt bad for Chevelle? Me. I feel bad because I want to see them. Send the pain below is such a fucking banger. To this I'm day, send the pain below is a banger. A couple years ago, and saw Chevelle, but you didn't. I that's did. You. And I, that's fine. I'll live with that. Um, Chevelle is so good. Chevelle is so good. Um, so that, that's our rundown of Lollapalooza. I don't think any, either of us are feeling very like, um, I, I think both of us are, are pretty positive about it. Like, I know that I don't know. I, it's like a whole paycheck to go for the whole weekend. So who knows if I'm going to actually do that. But, uh, I, I, this is the first year in a while I've even considered it. So hats off to Lollapalooza for making me consider it. And also just leave your hat off. Like you look fine. Oh my god! I think that's interesting <laughs> though is that all the uh, all the locals, all, aka all the teenagers that usually go, mm-hmm. uh, they pre they pre bought their the four day passes before the lineup was announced because there was a fake Lala lineup going out. Yeah, and there was a bunch of misspellings on it. There was like bands that were already playing like Pitchfork, and I'm like, you guys are idiots if you can't pick it out. But whatever. <laughs> and they're really upset that like it's not more EDM base, of course, and like Good. um rap and hip hop and R and B. But I think the biggest thing is, is like, do you like diverse music? Do you like experiencing new music? Because that's what a music festival is supposed to be. Yeah, it's like, so, it's like kind current, of interesting. It's like current big artists and like up and coming artists, like the next big thing that's going to hit. Uh, and I think that that is one thing that this year I'm actually interested in Lollapalooza for rather than just like, oh, look, we got all of like the big acts that, uh, you know, everybody wants to see. Right, and I mean that's why everyone's like, "Where's Cardi?" And I'm like, "Do you re- would you really want to go to a fest and be like, oh my god, now I have to deal with those swarms of people for Ariana Grande and Cardi B?' I think I'd rather die." Yeah, that's not my that's not my move. Um, it's not, it's not move. we want to talk a bit, uh, and you have a more spicy take on this than I do about another tour that was announced the other day uh, called the Sad Summer Festival. Summer Fest, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the bands on that, I believe, are State Champs, The Main, The Wonder Years, um, who am Mom, I Mom, Jeans, Just Friends, Emo Night, um, People. There's another big one I'm missing on there. There, there uh, is another big one. I, I know it's there. I know they're there. Yeah. Damn it. Like, we here we are trying to look like ex- experts, and we're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, Mayday Parade. That's the big one. There we go. That's what it was. Forever yeah, so the, the sickest kids. Yeah. But I guess um, they're only on certain dates. Yeah, they didn't announce who was on which date. I don't think. Um, at least the posters I saw. I'll be honest. I'm not super interested in this festival, so I don't want to make it sound like, oh my god, I'm so excited. Like it's not. Uh, <laughs> this is not a lot of bands that I listen to. Um, yeah. So I, this this festival is not for me. Um, but Lizzie, you noticed something that I, uh, I didn't, uh, right away. And I think it was really interesting how you put it. So, uh, why don't you just go ahead and throw out a spicy take here? So spicy take of, uh, this week. So with Sad Summer Fest <laughs> coming out, it's basically what they wanted to do was to replace Warp Tour essentially is what the biggest argument of it is. So who we have on here are State Champs, Mayday Parade, The Main, Wonder Years, Mom Jeans, Stan Atlantic, Just Friends, Lift, Four Year Strong, Set It Off, Forever the Sickest Kids, 
Emo Night, and Every Avenue. And if we really look at the, first of all, who booked it? And the main people who booked it are a bunch of three, you know, mid-30s dudes. And most of the people who are on this bill are a bunch of dudes, with the exception of one girl in Just Friends, one girl in Theme Atlantic, and arguably they bring Emo Night LA, their usual squad, then it would be one mm. girl. So let's assume for the benefit of the doubt they do. So that's three whole women on a tour. And there was a lot of backlash because people were pointing this out a lot. And there was this one Twitter user who made the argument of, you know, you can like them, you can like the tour, but you know, we we don't, you don't have to keep pointing out that there's no female representation and then trying to turn the knife around to say, but we have to look at female tour managers and people behind the scenes. And it's like, yes, we have to look at those and appreciate them. Mm-hmm. But why are they behind the scene? Why aren't they on stage? Why aren't they out out in the open in the public? Why why are they being hidden in the scene? I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I work in promotions. I do you know band management, social strategy. I understand because I'd rather be behind the scenes because I also have no musical capabilities whatsoever. <laughs> so there's more reason for that. However, when you look at it, at the end of the day, if you're able to book festivals like Pitchfork, Pitchfork has over fifty percent of their lineups in the last couple of years where it's primarily women, non-binary, POC, or queer individuals. Mm-hmm. And it's been the same thing for a lot of different fests as well. And it's wondering why is it so difficult, especially Warp Tour has been called out on this for many, many years in, mm-hmm. the pa- in the past. And I mean, they were called out last year too. And it's nothing different, it's something new. With this Twitter user, what they also said was, why do we keep complaining, you know, there could be booking and scheduling issues. They could just not want to go on tour with the this whole festival, which, okay, yes, I understand. Sometimes booking and there's complications, obviously. Things don't always sync up. But their secondary response of saying, hey, maybe they don't want to. Let's analyze that and see why wouldn't a band with primarily women or women who are, who are in these bands want to go on a tour with, a bunch of older dudes, especially everything that's come out in the past, you know, couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be they're uncomfortable. They don't feel like they're going to be supported enough. You know, God forbid something awful happens and there's somebody who's not going to be there to justify it for them because these are larger, you know, big emo hustle name bands. And they're also the smaller bands that are coming up and they are really good, like Mom Jeans and Just Friends that, do they want to be at the butt end of everything of it? God forbid something were to happen. I mean, obviously, it's also looking into, are these promoters actually reaching out to more females in general? Or are they only hitting up their bros and scheduling this as well? And I think that's something we need to think about. Obviously, there's, we don't know. We don't know these people personally. But to automatically divert this, and try to fight against it by saying that we don't always have to have women playing festivals. Why are we making this such a big deal? But then being somebody who's also trying to be very feminist and progressive is an oxymoron. You're not being feminist nor progressive if you are diverting the fact that there are no um, women on a lineup of bands and there's only three. And, you know, it's basically tokenism at that point. That's not progressive. Whether you want to think so or not, it it just isn't at the end of the day. You're essentially the people 
at the end who are like the neutral party or in in what do you think in the political center basically like a neutral party a moderate saying i support this but why do we have to make this such a big deal and i mean we've seen the past like five years how representation either female gender different ethnicities minority sexualities how much that has greatly improved people to want to come out and do more entertainment work specifically as well and how much it like empowers even like younger women or those who are maybe you know scared to come out of the closet or something like that and for you to keep diverting it especially in a scene that is primarily white male suburban kids it's also so arising the question of, are we ever going to move away from that? And are we ever going to address the huge elephant of the room of this scene is primarily still white male dominated and we're not allowing women or other POCs or different sexualities come about. We'll support it and we'll say we're supporting it, but it's, it's basically being like a false prophecy. It's saying I'm doing it and it's just for the clout, essentially. I hate that word, but it's the best way to, to kind of put it into a better argument for people to understand. And it's really irritating because while I'm not somebody who you know would be on stage, I would want to see other women on stage and you know younger girls or girls who are in the scene who maybe do do like tour managing or behind the scenes stuff like I do and I know a lot of other girls do and if they're able to see that oh maybe I can finally do that on stage and have musical talent it would be something that's possible just look at Bloodfest one of the largest you know emo pop punk festivals going on look at their lineup they have so many women and you know, different POCs and genders and, and, you know, gender sexualities on there. Why is that so much harder for us to do as a subculture that preaches so much acceptance to bring that in, but then we're fighting against it because it's constructive. It's a basically a cultural criticism. I have a real big disconnect with that, especially when it's somebody who is a self-identifying woman, but then, then it's also a little bit of the epitonal white privilege at the end of the day because this individual was white and that's what it is is that i feel like we're it's still something that we're not discussing and we have to just because our old bands that we used to listen to were primarily a bunch of dudes cool i get it but it's 2019 and we have so many more newer bands and a lot of older bands that were glossed over because they were female or you know different sexualities in there too or POCs and we need to you know reach back and say hey these people existed and maybe they're not together anymore but we can still listen to it if we if in the punk community can go back and listen to a bunch of like super random like in the basement like butt punk and you know everything crazy like that and still acknowledge that there were pe different people in the scene why is it so difficult for us in the emo and pop punk scene to do that and to want to better ourselves it's very hypocritical for us to say how progressive we are and how accepting we are when we keep manufacturing very large tours like this year after year and for decades and still say but it's because i like these bands but we don't need to have the so many women on it that's not the prime focus the prime focus is nostalgia unless we're just gonna just overly admit that at this point our whole entire scene is just based on marketing and profits yeah <laughs> uh 
I don't have anything to add to that because that was good. That was basically it. Um, so the other issue that I also have is when you're looking at indie rock, they are so much more diverse than um, our scenes. And I feel like it's because they're more open to cultural critiques and criticism. And they also are much more open to those who are of different ethnicities, different sexualities and genders. And when you look at also some bands that sound emo or have like more that garage punk emo sound, they identify more as indie. And I feel like it may be because one, obviously indie sells more, but also do they feel comfortable and welcomed in our emo pop punk scene? And that's something I think we need to really think about and consider as well. And coming up next, we have my interview with The Weekend Run Club. This is Lizzie with Emo Social Club, and earlier this month, we met up with the Weekend Run Club at one of their shows at Most Taverns here in Chicago. Myself and actually one of my friends through my classes, Alex Taliansky, we went out and we interviewed them, and we put together this really rad um, package, um, including articles and a couple other photos, too, that we will link below. About the Weekend Run Club, they're a local Chicago band. They're kind of based out of the suburbs. But they have a really good mix of different influences that kind of satisfies everybody. And we're definitely excited to let you check them out here on the Emo Social Club podcast. One, two, three. Hi. No, we're not the same. Hi. All right, here we go. Next person to fuck up is out of the base. Next one who fucks up has to buy us all dinner. Here we go. None of us can afford that. What if I already ate? Shut up. What? Three. Two. Two, one. My name is Mitchell, and I sing. You sure do. And what a guy. I what a singer you sometimes. are. I'm Haley, and I play bass. I'm Bridget, and I play drums. I'm Joey, and I play guitar. And my name is Chris, and I also play guitar. That's us. <laughs> so it, it kind of started off as a message on a chat room kind of thing on Facebook. It was a group called uh, like Chicago Land Classified. I was posting some work that I was doing on my own. And Mitch had commented that he was interested in kind of getting together and talking about a project. He wanted to do some covers, and and I did not want to do covers. Nope. <laughs> he showed me some of the the music that he was into, and I'm like, okay, probably not, uh, probably not the the, the the thing that's going to connect us. So I ghosted him, and I didn't talk to him <laughs> for nice. a couple of months. And I kept writing and and, and working on some of this music. And I was struggling one day. I remember just sitting in my my room in my bed. Um, just trying to hammer out this song that would eventually become Holiday. And I had lyrics over it, but I couldn't sing it, and I was frustrated. And I sent him uh, a message like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to, to, to do something. I know you said you're vocalist. Let's hear those pipes, because I'd never heard him sing. Within a day, he sends me you know, his work and, and some of the words that he put to it. And I was like, okay, we got something. Let's start this up. And, and throughout the, the, the next following months, we kind of... Uh, found guitarists and, and bass players and uh, you know they didn't really work out they kind of moved on in life um, I actually knew Joey and his family uh, a number of years beforehand and, and now he's all grown up and uh, I, I know he played guitar but I didn't know if, if he'd be interested in playing you know rock I knew he was kind of into the 
metal. Uh, <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, uh, Bridget uh, kind of responded to a, a post that Mitch had posted, um, looking for you know, a drummer to kind of fill that that gap. And, and Haley and Bridget were in a group together. Um, and when we lost our bass player, it, it only made sense uh, to bring Haley on board, just because their uh, relationship and kind of their their ability to play together just it fit it fit really well in, into what we were doing. So. I listened to a, I just wanted to do like a lot of emo covers because um, I love a lot of emo music um, and, and at the time I was really experimenting like with my voice I, I had left school I was studying classical voice for a long time and I really just wanted to do something different so I was like alright I'm just gonna experiment with genres I didn't really know what I wanted to do Chris wanted to write and I was like I don't know how to do that um, and then a couple months passed and I said alright I'll give it a shot. It was it was uh, a beautiful cause, actually. Uh, yeah. Mitch Mitch wanted to do covers of of emo music to kind of put a spotlight on mental health. Yeah. And yeah. I, and and yeah, that's. But it turns out we can still do that with our original stuff. So yeah. Who would have thought? I don't <laughs> know. Not me. Wow. When I ghosted you. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, no. In our EP, I mean everything. I, I write a lot of the lyrics and um, I just put my feelings into it, so um, that's always relevant. Like your mental health doesn't have to be necessarily about like depression or anything, but your mental health is always with you and it's always relevant. So um, I just kind of spotlight trying to be honest about what I'm feeling. And um, 101, for example, is a song off our EP called Okay For You. And um, I wrote it about like my experience with therapy and about like um, conversations that I never actually had with my therapist, but things that I took from them, and um, just how what it feels like to be in that situation. Because I think a lot of people have been to therapy at least once in their life, but people don't really talk about it very often. So um, just kind of wanted to get the ball rolling with that, and then everything we write, we just we put our emotions into it, even if it's just instrumental stuff. Having Bridget has been really helpful for the band and really showcases how DIY you can actually get without going corporate or reaching out to somebody of a secondary position. I do all the booking for this band. I'm the manager. Um, so for the Midwest tour or for any tour in general, when you're doing a, a new band, or, we're, we haven't even been together for a full year. So we don't have natural draw in outside states. So you have to focus on more of a DIY focused tour. So with that you get a community built audience coming from that DIY household and everyone who, who knows them and then you also get a place to stay with that so it's kind of two birds with a stone. So I, I do a lot of Facebook clicking around and researching and I have a lot of spreadsheets in terms of like who is in what town, contact information. She knows everyone. She has a lot of spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Um, so that's just process of reaching out and seeing who can do what dates, kind of formatting that, a lot of emails. Um, building a bill, seeing who's coming on, and then relaying all that to the team. We all have stuff going on too, but yeah. we have a Google Calendar so that we can all put in our dates ahead of time. And then I, I always ask anyways, because you never know what's going to come up. But at least then we know, okay, I definitely know I can't do anything in this state or whatever. So, it's possible. I mean, I majored in music management for this purpose, to do it myself. I don't think you need a promoter for a DIY tour at all. It's do it yourself, like... Honestly, we'd be lost without Bridget. Yeah, she, Bridget she has actually, she's she taught us so doing. much about how like how capable we are like on our own, actually, and how yeah. there's so much networking to be done and so many things that you can do on your own um, that you never really would think about. Because um, if you're a musician, you're 
you're a musician and it's, when you when you get into the real world and you're thinking about all that extra stuff, you, you don't always know what to do, but um, there's really so much you can do on your own. And really in the interest of finances, like, right, yeah. it's great that I, I know to do that and Joe's able to do graphic design and you guys are able to write as well as you do because it just saves a lot of time and energy and money in the long run. Yeah, we yeah. definitely, you know, save money where we can because, you know, we're we don't have a lot of money to just throw out or there. Any. <laughs> or any. Or any. I think I think one of the, the most important things that, that we do is we look at our band as a business in a sense. You know, um, there's a lot of, of documentation. There's a lot of communication. Um, I think we all have a very you know, specific role. It is great to have someone like Bridget with the experience. It's phenomenal to have someone as talented as Joey to be able to, to handle that because it's a huge cost. And younger bands sometimes are lost trying to find people like Bridget and people like Joey, and sometimes they make bad decisions, and it's tough. It's it's financially hard on on music because our musicians because they don't make a lot of money, and uh, we're just trying to do what we love. And, and for us to be able to to do it in in a in a business sense, but still be able to have fun and work all together, yeah, it's it's pretty unique. It's it's very hard to find. There's a lot of weird things that happen sometimes when you're playing shows, and one of them especially could be that the owner just straight up forgot that you were playing. Oh, oh yeah, God. the e no, no, really The actual show was great. Yeah, um, but just in terms of like uh, <laughs> the, the original the plan, um, I had received word from the venue that everything was good to go, and so we showed up, and the venue was locked, and the doors were closed, and lights were off, and I was calling people, and they weren't answering. This, um, this was for our EP release show. Yeah, yeah. so we like actually been planned for like yes. a month, um, which was a lot September of people invited. Thank you. Yeah, from from like all sorts of different areas too. Um, so basically, I think the owner of the venue just forgot we were playing. So I, we, we had a very limited time to decide what to do. So I'm like thinking about like friends' basements and like spaces that would be available last minute on a Saturday night. So I called John from Evolution Music and Dennis Grove who is a very good friend of ours and really supports us. And he was like so enthusiastic. He was like, come on down, let's do this. He was like, yeah, we, was this last, show. last yeah. minute show. Like I called him and then we were there in half an hour and we started. So like. It's the community. And the yeah. people still came. So that was. Yeah, people still came. <laughs> yeah. While, I was, while I was going 80 on the highway, I was calling everyone. Yeah. That was it, it was show, a like, 40 minute They just changed by. And I made all these social about, media posts the last second and just like. It was it was crazy, but like that's pretty good. If you don't if you don't adapt to fast changes, you're just not gonna survive here. Like that's what it's all about yeah. in the end. That was pretty crazy. I would say highlights. We played a show. There was a dog at, and I loved that. Drunken donut. There's a dog here, too. There's a dog here, too. I'm really happy about <laughs> that, too. Good night. Yeah. But then again, there are also a lot of really great shows that can happen when you're a touring band, especially when a lot of friends and family are involved. Chop, chop. chop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we did a lot of promotion for that one. We did a headliner chop shop. It was what month? Uh, two weekends ago. Two weekends ago. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's taking years off their life. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> we just had a lot of people come out because we we did the the marketing thing a lot for that one, and I do this thing sometimes where I'll hand out glow sticks for our last song. Oh, that was. Oh, and well. Everyone just really into it. You no gave it away. Sorry. Sorry. I ran out of glow sticks, so we're not doing that okay. again. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> everyone was like, it was just, you know, you look down and it's all your friends was like rooting you on, like, that's the coolest feeling ever. Yeah. Like, people, like, you know the words, they're singing along that, that's to That's the craziest that's thing. Wild. When people know the words, yeah. that, like, that hits you and you're very, like, oh, Very, very cool. So, it was a huge stage, too, and it's like, yeah. oh, the dream. And it was just announced earlier last week that the Weekend Run Club will actually be opening for Marina City at Chop Shop on April 5th along with Emily Blue, and it's something you should definitely check out. We are going to put the link in our bio below so you can go and see these guys for yourself and also see some other really amazing local Chicago acts. Chris had some really awesome final thoughts about working with his bandmates and what music really overall feels to him and how he feels that musicians should just kind of just go off and just do it. You know, maybe not in a Shia LaBeouf way, but they should be going for their dreams. Uh, there, there is something I think that's super important for anybody who's listening to, to musicians or a group of musicians, and that's to never give up. You know, music, I think for all of us, has been a, an outlet, has been a way for us to creatively put thoughts, emotions, uh, our experience into to music, into writing, into words, and you can't stop. It's something that you gotta do every single you know, moment you, you, you feel it. And uh, if I could just say one thing, it would be, you know, to anybody to keep going. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why we all are here, and that's why we love doing it. And I think that we never have a bad day, uh, even in the heat of a moment, and, and people kind of not showing up for things. Uh, I love these guys, and they're, they're super talented, and uh, I'm super happy to be in this group. So for anybody out there who's, who's thinking about music or maybe something's holding them back, let go. Yeah. And uh, let it all out there. Christmas, oh, no, it's, 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 it's so dysfunctional. Joey, friend. So that's a, a good question. Um, with, 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 with a full other episode hopefully a little bit longer because we'll have more time maybe we'll see i don't know we're busy people um but yeah thanks for coming and uh from all of us here at the emo social club i am brian and i'm lizzie and goodbye i'm sick i can't do it goodbye shit